This is Research Assistant Redacted, recording SCP files in the event of an AK end of the world scenario in which human sight is replaced by echolocation. Item number SCP 173. Object class Euclid. Special containment procedures. Item SCP-173 is to be kept in a locked container at all times. When personnel must enter SCP-173's container, no fewer than three may enter at any time, and the door is to be relocked behind them. At all times, two persons must maintain direct eye contact with SCP-173 until all personnel have vacated and relocked the container. Description. Move to Site-19, 1993. Origin is as yet unknown. It is constructed from concrete and rebar with traces of Krylon brand spray paint. SCP-173 is animate and extremely hostile. The object cannot move while within direct line of sight. Line of sight must not be broken at any time with SCP-173. Personnel assigned to enter container are instructed to alert one another before blinking. Object is reported to attack by snapping the neck at the base of the skull or by strangulation. In the event of an attack, personnel are to observe Class 4 hazardous object containment procedures. Personnel report sounds of scraping stones originating from within the container when no one is present inside. This is considered normal, and any change in this behavior should be reported to the acting HMCL supervisor on duty. The reddish-brown substance on the floor is a combination of feces and blood. Origin of these materials is unknown. The enclosure must be cleaned on a bi-weekly basis. The reddish-brown substance on the floor is a combination of feces and blood. Origin of these materials is unknown. The enclosure must be cleaned on a bi-weekly basis. End record. So what happens when uh, a camera's pointed at it? Has anyone tried that? It's weird that they have me reading these out of order. Item number SCP-108. Object class Safe. Special Containment Procedures. SCP-108 is contained entirely by Subject 108-1. Subject 108-1 should be contained in a standard containment cell measuring 3 meters by 3 meters, furnished with whatever items are requested unless said items compromise security. Subject 108-1 is permitted to leave the room, wander freely, and eat in the main canteen. Medical examination is to be performed on Subject 108-1 daily. Filters to be changed as necessary. Description. SCP-108 is accessible through the nostril of Subject-108-1. Subject is an African-American female, 51 years old, see Addendum-108-1, who was previously employed as a cashier at Redacted, a small-town hardware store in Redacted, Kentucky. Since Redacted, SCP-108 has been housed at Site-17. Endoscopic examination of SCP-108 reveals that the area accessible via the subject's nostrils is not the human nasal cavity, but rather a bunker system of Nazi-German construction dedicated to the production and maintenance of World War II-era Messermit ME-262 fighters. Exploration via robotic endoscope reveals that the bunker system has internal dimensions of approximately 2 kilometers by 4 kilometers, with a long axis parallel to the main entrance exit portal. While exploration is by no means complete, SCP-108 is believed to contain hundreds of airframes under construction on its assembly line, as well as three completed aircraft. There is also a large quantity of human remains in the complex, particularly concentrated around the entry-exit portal, 
were the corpses of Nazi officials, military personnel, Hitler youth, and civilians, possibly Ukrainian slave workers, in an advanced state of decay. Evidence of a firefight near the entry-exit portal supports the hypothesis that the German military personnel were swarmed by the civilians and were killed in the ensuing struggle. Some corpses show signs of cannibalism. Robotic endoscopic exploration continues. In high-discharge LED lighting, assembled piecemeal using the ship-in-a-bottle technique has been deployed. Endoscopic examination of the interior of SCP-108 reveals a large hangar door area with a kind of double airlock with blast doors large enough to admit two fully assembled fighters. A production line exists which would allow the damaged fighters and deliveries to enter one side of the hangar door and finished fighters to exit on the other side. Turning the endoscope head 180 degrees reveals the open doorway as an area of total blackness with two nostril-shaped penetrations in it. One nostril-shaped penetration is connected to whichever nostril is admitting the endoscope, and the other is connected to the interior of a human nasal cavity. DNA testing reveals that the nasal cavity belongs to the subject. The black area is impenetrable and absorbs all wavelengths of light that the endoscope can carry. The black area is elastic and yields when probed. Apparently, the portal system is a unique three-way arrangement. The outside world, designated A, the interior of the ME262 factory is B, and the subject naval cavity is C. Then, traffic is as follows. Anything, including gases and light, going from A, end up in B. Items going from B end up in C. Items going from C end up in A. Presumably... In 1944, it was intended that C and A were intended to be the interior and exterior of a double hangar at Tempelhof based on the architecture of the hangar doors. Addendum 108-1 Subject claims that she was trained to perform the human blockhead magic trick in preparation for being a clown at a children's birthday party. After hammering a 4 centimeter long galvanized iron nail into her nasal cavity, she lost her grip on the end and it dropped inside her nose. Immediately, she noticed a god-awful musty stench and experienced nausea and disorientation. Blowing her nose had no discernible effect and left no residue on the tissues. She was able to breathe normally through her nose. After about three days, subject got used to the hell's asshole smell and performed at the children's party to the delight of her nephew. Approximately a week later, after ignoring numerous complaints about the smell of her breath, subject was diagnosed with pneumonia and placed on a course of roxothemycin. Pneumonia responded to antibiotics, but recurred a week later. Her general practitioner also noted that the nasal examination with an otoscope showed simply blackness, rather than the inside of a nose. After admission to the hospital with chronic pneumonia, examination with a 1-meter fiber optic endoscope allowed the endoscope to be threaded and almost the full meter. The attending ENT noted that he appeared to be seeing a Nazi eagle badge through the endoscope. Specialist examination notes were kept in digital patient management systems and intercepted by the foundation in a routine sweep. The team was recovered without incident by Tax Force Epsilon 9, disguised as high-risk warrant team officers in a pre-dawn raid in June of 19... By the end of the cleanup operations, the GP, ENT, 11 hospital personnel, and two civilians were terminated. The subject was examined by foundation staff and provided with her air filtration units, which could be passed through her nostrils piecemeal and assembled like a ship in a bottle. The filtration filling must be removed on a regular basis when it gets expended, roughly once a week. 
as the subject is essentially inhaling the atmosphere of a formally sealed Nazi mass war grave. Although initially hostile towards the Foundation, the subject has responded well to enhanced psychological conditioning protocols, and now accepts her situation. A plan has been proposed in line with the backing up of all critical Foundation data at Site-62 and SCP-108. Data could be written on micro SD cards or some similar compact non-volatile media and inserted into the subject's nostrils, provided some way to house the subject in a safe location is assured in the event of an XK class scenario. Research continues to find a way to move the entrance of the dimensional porter from the subject's nostrils to another location and to discover the physical location of the bunker to determine if alternative access is possible. The original galvanized iron nail has yet to be found. End record. Imagine that. Just, you know, smelling dead Nazis all day. At least they didn't succeed in that plan. Item number SCP-1000. Object class, Peter. Special containment procedures. All media reports related to SCP-1000 are to be examined for verifiability. All organizations and individuals investigating SCP-1000's existence are to be kept under surveillance by Mobile Task Force Zeta-1000 and discredited or administered amnesiacs. All physical signs of SCP-1000's existence must be retrieved and kept in Foundation custody and replaced with decoy items if necessary. Alleged sightings of SCP-1000 must always be investigated by MTF Zeta-1000, however trivial the claim. Absolutely no contact with wild or captive instances of SCP-1000 is allowed without prior approval by Director Jones. Any interaction between SCP-1000 and humans, including Foundation personnel, must be reported to Director Jones immediately. Description. SCP-1000 is a nocturnal omnivorous ape, classified in the hominy branch along with genera Pan and Homo. Adults range in size from 1.5 to 3 meters, 5 to 10 feet respectively, in height, and weigh between 90 and 270 kilograms, 200 to 600 pounds. They have gray, black, brown, red, and occasionally white fur. They possess large eyes with good vision and a pronounced brow ridge, and sagittal crest on forehead similar to that of a gorilla, but present in both sexes. Their intelligence is on par with that of pan troglodytes, the common chimpanzee. SCP evolved alongside Homo sapiens, existing contemporaneously with protohumans and humans in large numbers until 10,000 to 15,000 years ago, when an extinction event eliminated all but 1 to 5% of their population. The event was triggered by SCP-1000 contracting an anomalous pseudo-disease classified as SCP-1000-F1. This disease is passed on at the genetic level and affects every present-day instance of SCP-1000. The majority of SCP-1000 instances are born immune to the effect. Those who are not born immune quickly die. The majority of SCP-1000 instances are born immune to the effect. Those who are not born immune quickly die. The effect of SCP-1000-F1 is as follows. Any hominid, including humans, chimpanzees, bonobos, and non-immune instances of SCP-1000 that directly or indirectly observes any instance of SCP-1000 
has a minimum 2% chance of being instantly killed through the anomalous means via permanent cessation of their brain function. The percentage is cumulative, and the longer a human views SCP-1000, the higher the chance of instantaneous death increases, at a rate of plus 1% chance per 20 minutes of viewing. This effect varies between individual members of SCP-1000 species, with some individuals carrying a death chance of 90%. The effect is also produced by dead individuals, though small fur samples do not exhibit the effect. Known means of preventing this effect are small-scale only, and include Redacted See attached documentation Level 3 clearance required Because of SCP-1000's close relation to humanity, it is considered likely that SCP-1000-F1 could eventually transfer to human carriers. Any instance of SCP-1000 finding its way to a major population center could constitute a Redacted Class end-of-the-world scenario, with a minimum death toll of and possibly extinction of humanity. Fortunately, SCP-1000 appears to instinctively avoid human contact. It is not currently feasible to exterminate SCP-1000 entirely. The highest known population concentrations of SCP-1000 are at present located in the Pacific Northwest region of North America in the Himalayan mountain range in Asia. As of redacted, these populations remain extant. SCP-1000's presence and data have also been documented within the past five years on every continent. All known significant populations of SCP-1000 located near human population centers have been eliminated. SCP-1000 came to the attention of the Foundation via contact by Dr. Franz M. Redacted. In Redacted. with the Children of the Sun, who identified themselves with, as outcast members of The Serpent's Hand. This group has since been completely destroyed by the Foundation, due to their reluctance to surrender information about SCP-1000. This group has since been completely destroyed by the Foundation due to the reluctance to surrender information about SCP-1000, SCP-1000, and SCP-1000. Since reclassified as SCP-1000- and SCP-1000. Remaining members have either joined the Foundation or have gone into hiding, presumably as members of the Weapons, tools, and other unique pseudo-technology resources in possession of the organization have been classified as SCP-1000-001 through SCP-1000-001. These resources have been made use of by the Foundation in multiple instances. For a full list, see Documentation 1000-3534-Y. Access to surviving ex-members of the Children of the Sun is restricted to personnel with clearance level 4-1000, unless given direct authorization for contact by Director Jones. Further information is available to personnel with clearance level 3-1000 or above. Personnel with clearance level 3-1000 or above are required to read document Alpha-1596-1000. Addendum. Update to Special Containment Procedures. As of redacted, SCP-1000's Special Containment Procedures no longer include Procedure 516 Lumina, data expunged, indicates that SCP-1000 may be developing a resistance to the sonic element, data expunged, will not develop further, so that Procedure 516 Lumina can still be used in emergency situations.
investigation into alternate means of reliably keeping SCP-1000 away from human population centers is underway. Whether SCP-1000 resistance to procedure 516 Lumina was calculated and as such may be a sign of SCP-1000 redacted or coincidental by chance of natural species variation is not known at this time. Warning. Level 3 clearance required. Those listeners who do not have at least level 3 clearance must stop listening now. Document Alpha-1. Missive from Director Jones. You've probably heard the rumors before now. Everyone without the clearance level to know better wants to get their dig in. Did you hear Sasquatch is an SCP? Are we going to capture and contain Batboy next? Yes, SCP-1000 is Bigfoot. I'm sure you've snickered. Don't worry. Contrary to rumors, we don't actually assign you to teacher duty for finding something humorous. We've bankrolled Hollywood comedies and farcical documentaries, paid off men in gorilla suits, perpetrated hoaxes with bear prints and goat fur, bribed and brainwashed cartoonists to get especially silly depictions on children's television. Even the term Bigfoot comes from us. Planted in the media in 1958, a term people would find harder to take seriously than Sasquatch. Why? We'll get to that. The information in the article that you've already read isn't entirely true. There are two direct lies, and plenty of lies of omission. There is no such thing as the anomalous pseudo-disease, referred to as SCP-1000-F1. SCP-1000 does not possess a magical death aura. In fact, SCP-1000 does not directly exhibit any anomalous effect whatsoever. We also lied about SCP-1000's intelligence level. SCP-1000 aren't chimp-level smart. They're smarter. To be precise, they are exactly as smart as us. That brings us to the lies of admission. That's what this letter is for. The lies came from me, so I figure the truth should come from me as well. This is the story we got from the children of Sun who defected to us. It's a story we didn't believe, refused to believe at first. You've already read, the apes we call SCP-1000 evolved alongside us. We walked in the daytime, they walked in the nighttime, our nocturnal siblings in the shadows. But while we were still wandering hunter-gatherers, they changed. Like we would, a few thousand years later. Tools, weapons, agriculture, domesticated animals, stable settlements. As humanity blinked in the Pleiocene sun, SCP-1000's population exploded across the night. They blanketed the planet in tens of billions. They made things we still can't comprehend, even though we've studied the surviving pieces. Organic technology. They made trees and birds of prey grow into fast-moving ships, herds of animals that can become trains, bushes that became flying vehicles. From insects and pigeons, they made things equivalent to cell phones, televisions, computers, atomic bombs. The children describe vast, shining cities stretching across glaciers and penetrating the deepest caverns. Grown skyships of ivory and spider silk. Creatures tending them with hundreds of blinking eyes. We were rare, like gorillas now. A few hundred thousand left at best. We avoided their settlements, just like wild animals today avoid ours. SCP-1000 understood we were intelligent like them, but avoided us, just as we avoided them. Saw us as fairies, as gnomes. Ascribed us supernatural powers, and said we ate bad children while they slept in daylight. They fenced off our dwindling wild populations and conservatories, outlawed poaching, but in the underground, they consumed our bones as aphrodisiacs. Then, their civilization fell. 
and we did it. By we, I don't mean the Foundation. By we, I mean humanity. The story is muddy. Supposedly, a trickster forest god showed humanity favor, showed us the master's tools and how to use them. Why we did it, we don't know. Perhaps they hunted us. Perhaps we were simply afraid. Perhaps it was just that they fenced us in, unintentionally or not. We simply don't know what the truth is. Somehow, we acquired SCP-1000's own technology, and with it, we instigated an SK-class dominant shift, in which humanity became the dominant species of Earth. We wiped out 70% of SCP-1000's population in a single day. The Day of Flowers, the children called it. Supposedly, every flower bloomed that day, while our enemies died in their sleep. Then, we hunted the rest down, but we went further than just killing them. With a few of the more twisted of SCP-1000 devices, we drove the survivors mad, even those hiding behind our reach. We trapped them in their own minds, walking higher functions and leaving their bodies to fend for themselves like any ordinary ape. We slaughtered their living machines and burned their vast shining cities with SCP-1000's bioweapons that reduced everything to slurry and dust that washed or blew away in the spring, rain, and wind. We left no traces, not even in our own memory. We turned one of the weapons on ourselves, wiped out any knowledge of SCP-1000 and the greatest civilization the planet had ever seen. Only a few humans protected themselves from the effect, kept the forbidden knowledge, just in case. The rest of us went back to hunter-gatherers, none the wiser. Which brings us to today. You're going to read about all this in the level 3 documentation, but I'll give you the short version here. SCP-1000 are somehow regaining their forgotten intelligence and knowledge. Maybe they never truly lost it. We don't know. This is why the ever-increasing number of Bigfoot sightings is so worrying. Why the attempts at contact, however indecipherable, are even more worrying. Yes, SCP-1000 are just like us. That's what makes them so dangerous. We wiped them from history and memory. We dissolved their civilization and we slaughtered most of their species. Just ask yourselves, if they got the chance, what more would they do to us? Addendum. 1000-056-D. Instances of SCP-1000 have tried to make contact with the Foundation personnel on multiple occasions. Most of these attempts at contact have data expunged, untranslated, though recent attempts show that some instances of SCP-1000 are capable of communicating in English. Ancillary anomaly reports. Addendum. 1000-104-Y. Certain acquired documents contain extensive references to SCP-1000. Relevant is that documents appear to be composed by entities associated directly with the location known as Wanderer's Library. Context or significance of document details not yet clarified. Addendum 1000-276-A Numerous anomalous objects with known connections to SCP-1000 Data expunged Prior cyclical iterations. One example, SCP-2273 may not have a point of origin in a parallel timeline, but instead a prior iteration. SCP-2932, SCP-2511, and other sources of living cultural insight into SCP-1000 or a variation, all present consistent inconsistencies which may be used to create a fuller picture of the nature of these iterations, though conclusions are uncertain. Addendum. 1000-276-Q Special Report Data Expunged 
This unnumbered black box anomalous item anchored underneath the structure is likely the most significant anomalous object known to have been utilized. Central to understanding SCP-1000's anomalous capabilities, including capabilities not developed directly, but accessed from prior to data expunged, modern day relevance to the Foundation and to society at large in scenario of general containment failure. Log 1000-AD065-X1 The following is a rough translation of recent SCP-1000 attempt at communication with Foundation personnel on See attached documentation. We forgive you. Given choice for now, not forever. Let us back in.